thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. You may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. the top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We're so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. We have been taking several weeks and teaching on the mind. And it's such a vast subject because we deal with it every day. And the more skill we have uh, with the word toward our mind, the sweeter life will be. And uh, I tell you what, a sound mind belongs to us because we're in Christ. But we won't float into that flow. We have to on purpose take steps that cause us to become skillful. And uh, we're to renew our minds with the word. That's what we're to do. The Word is the thoughts of God. And aren't we glad that He wrote them down? (laughs) Because by writing them down, we can take His thoughts and make them ours. Now notice, we can take His thoughts. We have to take His thoughts. He offers them, but we still have to take them. And He cannot force His thoughts into our thought life. We choose his thoughts and we take his thoughts on purpose into our thought life. We've been using as a golden text for this series, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. We want to remind you what it says when Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. So if God hasn't given us, we say we're not taking it. Amen. Amen. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, which would also mean our authority, but a power of love. And look at this, a sound mind. Praise God for a sound mind. And then the Amplified tells us what's contained in a sound mind. Calm, well-balanced, disciplined, and self-control. That's the kind of mind God authored and anything less is not the best. Amen. And so we've been talking about the sound mind that the sound mind renews is a renewed mind. A disciplined mind is a renewed mind. A calm mind is a renewed mind. A self-controlled mind is a renewed mind. And so we're to take the word and renew our minds with it. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Look at that word. Transformed by the renewing of, of your mind. And so the, we, we, we want to be born again, absolutely. You need to be born again. But once you're born again, there's still further blessing of, being a, of living a transformed life, which comes through a renewed mind. A transformed life is one that doesn't look like the life you lived before you were born again. 
And that's what we have to not be okay with. I'm not okay with the same things that were the flow of my life before I was born again. Those flows aren't going to come over into this, this new life. And so we want to live the transformed life. And that only comes through the renewed mind. Uh, thank God that we can ask someone to pray for us when we're dealing with uh, mental bombardment or wrong thoughts that are trying to trouble us. We can have someone to pray for us, and that's good, that's right, that'll bless us, but it won't transform us. Right. You can have your pastor to lay hands on you, and that's a blessing, but that won't transform us. It's only as we take the time to renew our minds with the Word of God that we live transformed. I want to, um, well, before we go there, I want to quote what Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 27 says. Paul was writing and he said, neither give place to the devil. Listen to those words, neither give place to the devil. The devil can't take a place in you. You have to give him one. Wrong thinking gives him a place. And I, I would dare to say probably most of us at some point of time have given place to wrong thinking. We have turned a wrong thought over in our minds. We have worried. And uh, I love the definition that Dad Hagen gave us for how do you know if you're worrying? If you're thinking about it. If you're thinking about it, that's worry. And uh, worry gives place to the devil. Why? Because worry is a flow of fear. That's right. Um, doubt gives place to the devil. Fear, thoughts of fear, turning them over and over gives place to the devil. Now, as we've said in previous episodes, we can't stop the devil from talking to us, but we can certainly keep his thoughts out. Yes. Amen. We can decide we're not taking that thought. Right. So don't give place to the devil. And uh, we could all look back and say, well, at some time we might have given place to the devil. Well, if you've given place to the devil, you know what? You can take back the place you gave him. Right. It doesn't have to keep being that way for the rest of your life. If you gave him place, you can take back the place. Notice though, he can't take a place in you. You have to give it to him. And if you gave him a place, take it back. And uh, he got in one thought at a time, kick him out one thought at a time. Amen. Don't give place to him. Now, James in chapter 1 and verse 21, I want us to read a portion of that verse. James 1 and 21, he was writing and he said, Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. So he was writing to Christians when he wrote this. He was telling born-again Christians that your soul isn't saved. He wasn't talking yeah. about your spirit. He was talking about that mental arena. Yeah. Yes. He was saying, yeah. your mind's not renewed. Right. Yeah. So he was telling them how to have their mind renewed, receive with meekness. Uh, meekness, you know, you're teachable. You don't act like you know it all. You don't act like every thought I think is, yes. is, is right. Everybody else is wrong, I'm right. <laughs> well, that's not meekness. Yeah. And uh, so receive with meekness uh, the engrafted word. The engrafted word can easier get into somebody when they're meek, when their approach toward it Amen. is meek. They're submissive. They're willing to be yeah. taught. They're willing to be led. And uh, he said, receive with meekness the engrafted word. Notice he didn't say receive with meekness the word. Mm -hmm. He said receive with meekness the engrafted word. 
that word has to find its place in your everyday life. It's not enough to know what the word says. It has to be lived. You have to be a doer of the word for it to take its place in your life. So receive with meekness the engrafted word. I have a tree that I have, I bought uh, a home and in the back and living out here in California, we have fruit trees and you can have orange trees and lemon trees. And I went out on that tree and I thought it was a lemon tree and there were lemons growing on it. But I went out one time and there was something this big on that tree and I go, that's a morphodite looking lemon. <laughs> Something's not right with that one. <laughs> you know, that one's deformed. I mean, and so I took it and I threw it away because I was like, I'm not going to eat that lemon that's that size. Something's wrong with this. <laughs> and then I, I'd go out later and I'd find more and they were all like this. Well, the previous owner finally told me, they said, we engrafted a lemon tree, an orange tree and a grapefruit tree together. I go, I've been throwing out perfectly good fruit because I thought it was something wrong with it because it was so large. <laughs> well, what was it? It was one, it was one tree and then they took and they, they, they engrafted the two others together and it looked like one tree, but these were all engrafted and producing three different kinds of fruit together. I've still got it. It's quite a, it's quite a spectacle. <laughs> but that's what engrafted means is that it looks like it's one. It's become one. The word has to become one with you. You become word, one with the word that you can't separate. That uh, it's, it's made one and you're, you're partaking of one flow together. So this is what James said, receive with meekness, not just the word, but the engrafted word. And notice when the word is engrafted, he says, it'll save your soul. Or we could put it this way. It'll renew your mind. It'll prosper your soul. Or as David said, it'll restore your soul. And so he said, receive with meekness the engrafted word. I want to talk to you further about that word engrafted. If you have your Bible, go with me to Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. And I'm going to read out of the Amplified Translation, the Amplified Classic. Joshua 1 and uh, verse 8. It says this, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night. Now, listen to that phrase. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. That means you don't, there's never a time that the word isn't part of how you talk. That's good. It always is in your mouth. It's, I'm not talking that every statement you say is a scripture. I'm saying that the scriptures govern what you say, yes. Yes. that you don't just say worried thoughts, one, one statement and faith thoughts, the next yeah. statement. No, you're letting the word govern the statements that come out of your mouth. It's not that you only speak in scripture, yes. but the, the, but the scriptures will govern what comes out that this book of the law, it shall not depart out of your mouth. Well, how do you always keep the word in your mouth? Listen to the next phrase, but you meditate on it. Meditating on the word helps hold the word in your mouth, helps hold the, the, th- the thoughts of the word, the flow of the word in your mouth through meditation. Well, you say, well, what's meditation? Well, it's not what the world calls meditation. 
The world, you know, will do all kinds of different things to replicate meditation. But meditation is speaking something to yourself, muttering it to yourself, thinking deeply into it, uh, turning it over and over, not just in your mind, but in your heart. You, you soak in it. I remember something God said to me years ago. He said, talk to me about my word. Now listen to that. Talk to me about my word. And uh, you can have fellowship with God based on his word. That as you're feeding on a word, talk to him about that. Speak it to yourself. Let me give you an example of what meditation. Can I give you that? Uh, Of what it means to meditate on the word. Um, Do you remember in school, you'd have cheerleaders that would be at the basketball games or the football games. And they'll get up and they'll, they'll make a statement like, we back our team. And they'll get, and they'll get the crowd cheering, right? We back our team. Just an example. Play along with me. <laughs> and they might do something like, they'll make a whole cheer just out of that phrase. We back our team. We back our team. We back our team. We back our team. And they put an emphasis on every word and make a cheer out of it. And you're up in the stands doing the same thing they're doing. What are they doing? They're driving into you yes, yes. the success of the team. Right? right? right. Um, you can do the same thing with the word. Let's just take this scripture. Uh, Philippians 4. Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now this belongs to the believer that's generous, the believer that gives. So we could take the same thing and use it in our form of meditation. My God shall supply. My God. And you think about that. Father, I thank you that you're my God. Thank God you're my pastor's God, but you're my God. Thank God you're Brother Copeland's God, but you're my God. You see, you take personal ownership of these scriptures. Because what happens with many Christians is the word is not real to them. You make the word real to you through meditating on it. You renew your minds and renewing of the mind is going to involve meditating on the word. You think deeply into it. You mutter it to yourself. You build that in you and that's how you build you in the word too. That's how you take ownership of the word. You build it in you. You make it real to you. So we could say it this way. My God shall supply. Father, and then you you talk to God about that. Father, I thank you that you're my God. Not only are you Moses' God, but you're my God. Not only were you David's God, but you're my God. Not only are, are you Paul's God, but you're my God. You see, and you talk that to yourself, what it means for him to be yours. One of the greatest things, one of the greatest privileges is not only do we belong to him, he belongs to us. And it was his plan that that be that way. So talk that, my God. Father, I thank you that you're my God. Take personal ownership of him, my God. And then let's go to the next word and emphasize that. My God shall supply. Not my job. Not my ability. Not my, just my expertise, but my God. I'm not going to hook my faith to my salary. I hook it to my God. I'm not just going to hook my faith to my income. 
I'm going to hook it to my God. I'm not going to hook my faith to connections that I may make with other people. I hook it to my God. You see what I'm talking about? You take each word and you build that into you, my God. And then let's go to the next word, my God shall supply. My God shall. There's no questioning in that. There's no doubt in that. There's no wavering in that. My God shall. There is no backing up on that. Amen. My God shall. Then you go to the next word. My God shall supply, not withhold. Amen. Not rebuke. Not make me go through hardship to teach me something. No, that's not his way. My God shall supply. And when the devil says, you're not going to have enough money, too late, I've already built into me that my God shall supply. He's not going to withhold. He's not going to punish. Amen. He supplies me. My God shall supply. Then what, what about the next word? My God shall supply all. <laughs> my God shall supply all. Nothing is left out of that word all. Every need I come up to, God's already met it in the word all. My God shall supply all. Then I like the next word. My God shall supply all my. My need. Amen. Not just my parents' need. Not just my spouse's need. He'll supply all my need. Do you see what I'm talking about, about meditation? You take that word and you... If we could say that that scripture is a mountain, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. On a mountain are many different views. There are many different directions to that mountain. You can come up one side of the mountain and it looks like this. Come up another side of the mountain and you get a different view. That's what meditating on the word is. You're looking at all the views of that verse. You're not just going up one path that you've chosen, but you take all paths that that verse shows you. And meditation is how you take the time to do it. Meditation takes time. Yeah, give it time. You know, you can do it while you're in your car driving to work. You know, you can do it while you're in your bathroom getting ready in the morning. You can do it while you're cooking supper, cleaning room, cleaning the room or running errands. You can meditate. You can choose to on purpose take something that the Holy Spirit is quickening to you a verse that, he, that just seems to uh, be standing up to you, that seems to be standing out to you. When the Holy Spirit spotlights something like that, it's because he wants to build it in you. But he's got to have your cooperation to get it built in you. How do you build it in you? Meditating on the word. Amen. So here, Joshua chapter one, verse eight again, let's look at it, the Amplified. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you meditate on it. Now look at the next words, day and night. That doesn't mean that 24 hours of the day you're going to be doing this. You're going to be sleeping sometime, right? You're going to be eating sometime. You're going to be having conversations with people sometime. When it uses the word day and night, it means a lifestyle. That's what it means. When you wake up in the middle of the night, instead of worrying, Start meditating on the word. Instead of, uh, you know, waking your spouse up and saying, oh, this is going wrong, this is going wrong, I've got this wrong. Just start meditating on the word. The meditation belongs to the nighttime too, not just fear. So much of the time, the devil will take advantage of the nighttime to make people fearful of different things. And in those dark hours, he'll try to turn their life looking dark. 
but the meditation of the word is for the nighttime too. It's for the time of day when everything's in place, but it's also for the time of night when everything in life tries to get out of place. Meditation of the word is what will hold you in the place of peace and soundness so that uh, in the dark, the dark hours of someone's life, wouldn't we say that? That that night could represent the, the time of testing the time of trials, yes. the time of heightened circumstances. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do during those times? Meditate on the Word. Turn your attention toward the Word. Turn your thoughts toward the Word. Because I'm going to tell you, at a time of testing, at a season of testing, the devil will try to bombard the mind with dark thoughts, troubling thoughts, fearful thoughts, thoughts of worry, thoughts of doubt, accusing your faith. He'll accuse you of not having enough faith. He'll accuse you of, of not having, of the word not working in your life. It works for everybody else, but not you. That's what he'll accuse you with. Yeah. So what do you do? You answer him, tell him he's a liar, then put your thoughts on the meditation of the word. Amen. That's the word. The meditation of the word is for the day and for the night. Amen. Amen. But you meditate on the word day and night that you may observe and do according to all that's written in it. Now notice, why are we meditating on it? Why are we keeping it in our mouth? Mm -hmm. So that it, it will direct what we do. Yes. It will turn us into a doer. It's not enough to confess the word, but not ever do it. Yes. The confession of the word is to point us toward knowing what to do. Does that make sense? Yes. <clears throat> the confession alone is not the victory of it. The confession alone is to direct our actions that put us in the way of victory. Amen. Amen. Uh, when you can, when symptoms, let's just say you wake, you wake up tired one day and you just say, I, I just, I just, I just, I just can't even get done my daily tasks. You draw up the meditation of the word. The Lord is the strength of my life. And you start confessing it. The Lord is the strength. The Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength of my life. And you lay, you, you're there and you confess it. But as you confess it, that confession is to show you what to do next. It's not to just lay in bed all day and say, the Lord's the strength. And just lay there and just say, the Lord's the strength. No, since he is the strength and you believe that, now you start making movement. Amen. Right. Amen. You get up and you start doing what your body said you couldn't do. Right. Amen. Do you see, you understand what I'm talking yes. about? This is what Joshua chapter one, verse eight is telling us that you put the word in your mouth so that you can do and you'll know what to do. So let's see, let's read it again. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but you're going to keep it in your mouth. How? You shall meditate on it day and night. Make it a lifestyle. And when the word is your lifestyle that you may observe and do according to all that's written in it. Listen, you can't just pick your favorite parts. All of it will bless you. <laughs> that you may do according to all that's written therein. Now look at this next phrase. For then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. My, my, my. Did you know in this verse, how do we arrive at dealing wisely and its success? It's by how we treat the word. 
the place we give the word in our life, the place we give the word in our meditations, in our thought life, the, the place we give the word in our doing, that's going to determine our success that belongs to us. <clears throat> we can't do the wrong thing and arrive at the right place. We can't think the wrong thing and arrive at success. We can't speak the wrong thing and arrive at success. We have to meditate until that word becomes engrafted. And that's what James said, that engrafted word will save your soul. It will rescue the thought life. Amen. In this verse, Joshua 1.8, I want you to be aware of something. God is not mentioned. Yes. In all that verse we read, God's not mentioned. But you know who else isn't mentioned? The devil. <laughs> He's not mentioned either. What's mentioned? You're mentioned. And the word is mentioned. In fact, in the King James translation, you're mentioned five times and the word is mentioned three times. What's that show us? Our success is dependent on what we're going to do with the word. What are we going to do with the word? That's going to determine our success. And many times people are praying, God, do something good. God, do something. He's waiting for them to get that word engrafted into them. God's not the one that engrafts it. We do through meditation of the word. Amen. So uh, if meditation isn't something that you've ever been taught about or you've never put in place, I tell you, it will rescue the thought life. Do you know everyone meditates? Everyone meditates. You know what? Worry is meditation in the wrong direction. Worry is meditation in the negative direction. So you do know how to meditate. <laughs> We've all caught ourselves in that flow of worry at some time. But worry is meditation in the wrong negative direction, yes. the fear direction, the direction of defeat. But meditating on the word is the meditation that's going to bring us into a renewed mind and thinking the thoughts of God. Amen. I want to pray with you today. Those of you who have had troubling thoughts, I've shown you through the word the things you can do right now to take uh, to take steps to occupy the seat of a sound mind that belongs to you. Yes. Amen. Yes. Running out wrong thoughts. A sound mind is yours. Yes. Run out the wrong thoughts that threaten that sound mind. Yes. Tell them no. It's not about you getting a sound mind. It's you running the wrong thoughts off of the sound mind yes. that's already yes. yours. Yes. Amen. Yes. Father, I thank you for your word today. It's a lamp to our feet. Yes. It's a light to our path. I thank you for these precious people that are so hungry for your word. They're honoring your word as they listen to the teaching of this message today. And I say, Satan, you take your hands off their minds in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for the water of the word that cleanses. I thank you for the water of the word that refreshes. And I thank you for peace that's on the inside of them to rise up and flow into every part and every arena of their life. And we thank you, Father, that that peace belongs to their mind and it belongs to their life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We've been teaching out of the book, A Sound Discipline Mind. You can get hold of your copy. Go to our website at DufresneMinistries.org and you can order your own copy. We want, you, we want to get it in your hands. And remember this, that Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Fredonia, New York at Family Church Fredonia. 
August 14th through the 18th. Come expecting your miracle. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. The timeless truths in this book, Answer It, reveal how to answer every opposition and the steps to take to exit times of testing. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.